What is that? This is my my tease for my Okinawan pride right here. Oh my! Thank you for thank you for listening. <laughs> this is getting past the subtitles. I am Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And um, I'm just gonna nerd out about Okinawa the entire series. No, <laughs> yes. So welcome to our number three, third week in the mystery series maybe and <laughs> this is my let me just say this is my monkey in the wrench last week we watched what did we watch last week it was yours what was it called blood rain right yes a period kind of very classic sort of detective story uh was actually really really good so go and watch that first and foremost and check out the episode but this week we are taking a turn into japan so we watched it's called ikari or rage or anger however you want to translate it uh it's direct came out in 2016 directed by sung Lee, a south korean director actually and the story and writer was by well actually he written a screenplay but the story was originally by uh shuichi yoshida so it was uh, an adaptation of a novel um, and yeah, actually, this is his second adaptation from the same uh, novelist. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in like 2006 or seven, he adapted Villain. Um, and so I guess they kind of have close ties in that sense. You know, like Sanya Lee, he hasn't, he has actually done one other thing beside this. He's been off the map since 2017, I think. He was part of, in 2017, he was part of like this, uh, short film anthology series based on the band blue hearts so like Paramam. Each... Paramam, exactly <laughs> linda linda <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah i think i think like each song was like a which is kind of a story kind of deep but unfortunately linda 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 was not it's not part of that list i saw <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay we did our own so it's all good um, but yeah, but a personal fun fact is that Shuichi Yoshida wrote an amazing film that I love called Story of Yunosuke that we will definitely be talking about sometime in the future, but it's up there. Like that part movie has been my number one Japanese film and probably still is. Like I go back to it annually to watch it because it's just that great in my heart. So I think Yoshida, uh, Shuichi-san is like probably just a great writer like in my opinion or like one of my favorite writers by coincidence uh and lastly the film score was done by your one and only uchi sakamoto so that's fun something to look forward to as well but yeah um why don't you tell us what your kind of first impressions experience with this movie was i liked how the film was cut I like mm. the editing in the in the film, but I do feel like some of the plot points and things were a little bit hard to. It wasn't as clear and it wasn't as mm. like a, easy like... to understand. Okay. In certain sense, I feel like there was a lot of uh, convoluted moments mm. in the film and a lot of uh, dramatization for dramatization's <laughs> sake. <laughs> but overall, I think 
the storyline itself, I think, was simple, but I think the mm. way that he wanted to, I guess, uh, portray these moments sometimes felt a little contrived. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I kind of liken it to, I agree with you, something that I kind of felt watching it my second time. Uh, when we were watching uh, Her Love Boy's Bathwater, it kind of shared the same elements in that sense where it tries to be more dramatized for dramatization's sake, you know? And like I said, like mm. if it was more contrived because it's a bit over the, over the top in sort of the scenarios and kind of the, how the scene it plays out. Yeah. Um yeah and like for, for me, me some of the i feel like some of the characters motivations and and the things that they did kind Agreed. of doesn't make sense or like it's kind Agreed. of weird mm-hmm. so like those things also i think add to it where yeah, i'm kind, I... kind of confused why these characters <laughs> act a certain way in that situation <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know i agree we'll, we'll talk about more about that but i, I do agree with you I, I did feel that um for me so like this movie's came out 2016 i probably saw it definitely after either it's 2017 but i think i'm trying to f- i don't remember exactly why i don't know if it's because of richie sakamoto that i initially got into this film because i was looking at like sort of his score filmography and what he was in and i know this was one and this is probably watched it because of that um and it's an amazing score i love the score um but yeah, and when I saw it, I actually really loved it. I think it was a great film, in my opinion. I would have said it was my favorite, but I feel like I've been using that term a little too loosely. <laughs> for say. See, when watching it a second time, because I haven't seen this movie in a number of years. Um, and the reason being, like, it's a pretty, like, it's a long movie, but it's also a pretty tough movie to watch in a few senses. So it's definitely not something you can kind of put on repeat all the time you know it's not something you'd want to watch just yeah. like for the fun of it. <laughs> it, it exactly exactly um but w- watching it my second time i like kind of saw it in a different perspective and i kind of saw like more of the holes and like more saw it in like a filmic perspective where i felt the first time really like enveloped by the film which is a good thing um but it's kind of like the charm wavered a little bit the second time around hmm um and yeah and I, like i feel like for me something to be categorized as a favorite would be likened to replayability like if i can watch a movie so many times and love it the same it'd be a favorite in this movie i'd have to like i'd have to break it between tears so yeah there there are films that the more you watch the more you're impressed by it right and there are and other there films are where the first time you watch is the best time <laughs> And then every con- consequential uh, number of times you watch it after, yeah, right, you kind of see start seeing like faults and holes in it, right, which right. kind of uh, lessen the yeah the yeah. overall uh, enjoyment of the film. I feel like. yeah, it's like two ways. It's like either the movie like impresses you and stacks with each watch, exactly, or it gets you, deeper and deeper. Yeah, yeah, or you cut it down the more you watch, and so right. it's like. That's and this is a little bit on the cutting down part of the side. Mm. So, so yeah. Um, sort of the background of the story is the first scene takes place in Tokyo, and um, there's this gruesome murder that happens in a suburban area. Uh, the victims were this husband and wife, uh, who were murdered in their own home. The perpetrator left the word ikari or rage or anger, um, left like on the wall in their blood essentially. 
Um, so yeah, so there's like two detectives that are part of the case. Um, and really the story takes place a year later. So fast tracking then, um, they kind of do an initial investigation, but it really takes place as the, like more information about who the perpetrator was kind of comes out into the public eye. And so you kind of learn about like hints of his identity and sort of his identity actually sort of changes. Like he kind of gets, they think that he gets plastic surgery afterwards. And so it's really about like the, the case being broadcast on the news pretty much like everywhere in Japan. Um, so we're following like the detective story by these two guys who are just sort of monitoring the situation on the news as pretty much. Um, but the really the story kind of follows uh, three separate narratives. So the first one being um, the Maki family. So Maki Yohai is a father who brings his daughter, Aiko, uh, home from being, or rather uh, prostituting in the red light district of Tokyo. Uh, so he brings her back home in Chiba, which is actually not too far from Japan. Um, but it's a small <laughs> you mean town. from Tokyo? <laughs> huh? You mean from Tokyo? Yeah, from Tokyo to Chiba. Yeah, yeah because bad. you said Japan. <laughs> I said Japan, didn't I? <laughs> That's a, I'm docking a point. <laughs> Dock the point. Um, so yeah, so she brings us home and they meet uh, Tashiro Tatsuya, who's this sort of newcomer kid in town. Um, and he also works uh, with Yohai in like a, kind of like a seaport thing. Um, but little is really known about him at first. But as the story progresses, you, we learn about like his sort of complicated slash sketchy origins. Um, the second one is about a gay couple, uh, Fujita Yuma, who is a spontaneous and sort of like openly gay kind of shameless character by nature. And he meets uh, Onshi Naoto, who is the complete 180 of him. He's super reserved and quiet character. Um, but he takes a liking to uh, Onshi and essentially invites him to live with him and they kind of move in together uh, despite having known very little about Onshi, about like who he is and who his past is. And Onshi himself, like I said, he's pretty reserved and he kind of keeps that information very keep safe. Um, so there's kind of a, a little bit of a weary uh, conflict that happens along there. Um, and for the, the last one follows, takes place in Okinawa, Japan with a, uh, a young girl named Izumi, who's just recently moved to the island with her mother. Um, and her and a friend of hers, uh, Tatsuya, who's uh, a native to the island, basically takes her to a small, smaller deserted island just for like, I don't know, I guess she's attracted to the like, uh, just like the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the Nature. solace of it, just like sort of being alone, you know? Yeah. Um, but she meets a random guy living in like an abandoned pile of rubble, <laughs> essentially. Uh, and his name is like Tanaka and he's, I guess we can call him a backpacker sort of, but like little is known about him and he's, he lives on this deserted island by himself. He's entirely alone and excluded. Um, and he'd rather be anonymous living there. And he tells Izumi to like, Hey, you know, keep my whereabouts hush hush here uh, but izumi goes back and befriends him and like visits him on the island often 
So yeah, so those are the three narratives, and each one has their own individual arc and story, but they are all connected through this murder case as each of these three men with inexplicable pasts are suspected to be the murder uh, Yamagami from the years past. So, boom, that's good, right? Well done, well done. Thank nice you very and much. Concise. Nice and concise. Uh huh. So yeah, so going about this kind of thing about it's a little tricky just because there's just because there's three different narratives to go about and the structure of the film interweaves them all at the same time kind of like a lot happens all the time so if you we can just kind of talk about each story individually um and sort of bring it together later so starting with echo and yohai uh, how'd you how'd you like that story which is the father and the uh, daughter I think as I was watching it from the beginning with no knowledge of the film, sure. it was kind of confusing to me in the beginning because I wasn't exactly sure what's going on in mm. terms of like um, what's happening with the family or like what the murder was about in the beginning and, and how that right. was connected to the family and stuff like that. Right, right. So like in the very beginning, I was very confused. Because mm-hmm. You see the murder in the beginning. And then we cut to the family and we cut to her in the brothel and then the father taking her from the brothel and back home. Mm. And I was constantly wondering, like, what the murder had to do with any of that. And then it it wasn't until, like, further down the line when they start Mm. talking about, on TV, start talking about how the murder is on the loose still. And, like, he's kind of, like, going around or like doing plastic surgery and hiding yeah. in certain places and stuff like that mm. that i kind of realized oh okay they're trying to make it so that somebody there might be the killer and that's probably the boyfriend right right but i i felt like the characters were kind of odd <laughs> to say the <laughs> least like even in the beginning like yeah, the yeah. father and the brothel and like him coming and taking her like, mm-hmm. a lot of that backstory was never really, like, no. um, expanded upon. Mm-hmm. So you really don't have a good idea of why that happened or, like, what's the exact relationship between the father and the daughter. Right. And, like, right. it seems like the daughter kind of likes the father. And, like, he she always, like, makes, like, bento boxes for him every lunch and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, like, besides that, there's no real, like... Conflict interaction between, them. between yeah. them. <laughs> and so I'm like really kind of confused like what it what like like why did she like abandon home like? in the first place right right why did she, he take her home or or like what was the purpose of this and like he does talk about how he feels like he can't do anything for her yeah. and like like while you know uh while like you know er- the whole townspeople are like mocking her secretly behind her back. Like he feels like he can't do anything for her. Mm-hmm. And like I understand that point, but like it just feels very <laughs> like story. Like not, motivationally, not story. it feels very shallow. Like I, I'm not sure like what more I want from these characters. And I feel like I kind of want more from these characters, but like right, they're not giving what? me any more <laughs> about what these characters are like. And and because of that, I think that kind of gives it a feeling of mystery. And I think maybe that's what they were trying to go for. Like, 
to mm. maintain that like level of mystery. Sure. But I think that kind of um, is a detriment to the to the whole family dynamic and that story because I don't really know or I don't really have this like real attachment to these characters mm-hmm. because I don't really know who they are, like what they're about. Right, right. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, that's like really especially true for uh, this family and this particular story because there isn't like an inherent like a, a lot of dirt like in the past already, you know? I think like yeah. most for everybody. And mm-hmm. that is that obviously kind of has a shape for what we watch. Like the like that's the basis of of Aiko's and um Tashiro's relationship, you know? But yeah. we we but we don't know like we know funny enough more about Tashiro in the end than we exactly. know about Aiko. Right? Exactly. And it, it is just like strange to like have that. And like I said, like because of that, you don't we don't have uh, a growth attachment to them. Because it's like by the end, I, I get it in a in a story structure sense in the movie as a whole. Because you have a lot of stories to tell, and you kind of have to keep it crunch mm-hmm. in a movie that's already like two and a half hours long. You know? Yeah. But at, at the same time, it's it's like it's only for the plot. Like it's only for like I got to get them into this relationship. I got to get them to like doubt each other, and then I got to get like the end trauma result. You know what I mean? Exactly. But like I said, there's there is no like meat on the bone in the sense of like like. I agree. Like an overall flawed theme for the movie is lack of characterization or character development for for anybody here. Right. And this is especially true for for this. If to me, I think it's a huge detriment because they try to pack so much like brief exposition that like seems like there's a lot of stuff to go there, but it's never explained. Like I said, like Aiko and like her background of like having leaving to Tokyo and then like prostituting and then this whole relationship between her and her father and like what exactly does that entail yeah you know but again like that's like never that's... explored at all right so, exactly yeah it's it's heavy but we don't know what it is and i right. think that's and there's never a, a sense of like that the daughter and the father has some kind of real tension or like real like, exactly disagreement yeah. because after she comes back she is very like okay with her father and the mm. father is like, you know, father kind of cares for her in the same way. It's just right. he's not able to protect her, he feels like, and he feels that guilt. But yeah. there's never this exploration of who they are and why the backstory happened, like why she went to the brothel and why she has to come back and all of that. Right, right. I it's feel more like that like... would kind of add to the story, right? But it never Agreed. gets, you know, explained. So you're kind of left there wondering about it. Yeah. And you're never feeling like quite like in tune with the characters that you're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess what you can kind of infer is that like based on the father's and daughter's relationship, it probably wasn't the relationship that caused her to leave, but maybe just herself. I mean, because it like he says it himself and kind of they, it's mentioned about that she's sort of like a a person that causes trouble per se, like she can kind of get into herself into trouble, you know, and like, she's, I mean, they're all weird, honestly. Like, I mean, yeah, I would say Aiko and Tashiro are just not your average Joe. Two weirdos. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah. they, you know, they back and forth each other on that relationship. Right. But, um, but yeah, but like, like even she says herself, like, you know, like, you know that I'm not like a normal person and I'm not going to be able to 
find love and just with anybody but mm-hmm. you know Tashiro kind of understands me in this weird way yeah. but but yeah but again like that's just like okay but you know there could be more um exposition <laughs> there to kind of like fuel that fire a bit more right. make it a little more interesting but i mean yeah i think like i like the weirdness between them like i like their characters i like kind of right. who they are and how they're written and shaped um it's interesting but yeah there could be there could be more i mean like i think maybe the weakest like tashiro is kind of a weak link too because he has like zero lines throughout the movie <laughs> and 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 literally like his entire like backstory and everything is said through somebody else like yeah. Aiko is the one explaining who he is and we never hear anything from himself right. at all you know and so it's like ah like okay so you know i don't I, I i like when he's like at the end when they they try to bring him back home you know and he's like crying mm-hmm. on the phone and stuff it's hard to buy into because it's like his one dramatic moment but before right. that he's like a walking he's never done that yeah <laughs> yeah that's like those are the kind of things that like gets me baffled because it's so out of his character i feel like right you know like like the motivation for him to call Mm. It's like weird for me because like the whole time I've been seeing, I've been watching this character and he barely is the one that initiates any kind of conversation to anyone. It's always Aiko first or the father first who talks to mm. him. You know, there's never a moment where you feel like he, he has a initiative or like a motivation to let somebody know about who he is. Every, all of that is like told to us by somebody else, right? Like, like yeah. it's always like Aiko like tells the father that she, he told her about everything, you know. Like, right. You have to go through like three people for you to right. find right. out. <laughs> it's like playing telephone, like it's one big yeah. word of mouth game. Motivationally, I feel like confused whether or not that mm. would be something that he really would do. Yeah, I mean, like I would have, it would have been fine for me if just he had interaction about it, like I. Th- I think it would, I mean it would have made sense for him to be I don't know sort of take the money and run because that's what he's been doing all of his life essentially yeah. but like let me hear it from him you know like let me let me get more flavor out of him and he's like <clears throat> like okay the casting is phenomenal everybody in this movie is like top A and um let's see Kenichi Matsuyama I love him he's a phenomenal actor like I know he could do more I don't see why they didn't have him do more <laughs> like I know it's completely within himself to do it you know right but it it is what it is i suppose uh as far as like the murderer goes where were you in like is he the one is he not the one i think he i thought he was the most uh most plausible in the beginning mm. but like near the end i i actually thought it, w- it was the uh, island dude Tanaka, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Just because, like, there was such a like blatant, like, uh, <laughs> like there was a blatant scene where it kind of like makes it oh, seem yeah. like it's him, right, like right. that that TV scene, the elevator scene, <clears throat> where mm. where like the cult, the killer is on the elevator and like you kind of see his right. face for like a split second, and uh-huh. it actually looks like him. And uh, you're like, okay, that scene is basically telling us that he's supposed to be the killer, <laughs> but that's a twist. <laughs> like for Tashido, right. yeah, like it looks yeah. a lot like Tashido in that scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And so you're it's like, okay, a... that's not him then. <laughs> it can't be that easy. Right. That. Yeah. I would say, like, in the movie, they really, like, like, okay, like, oh, they took, they really took, like, the weakest suspect and made him into the actual killer. Mm-hmm. But, like, doing that makes it more revealing who the actual right. killer is, you know? Like, oh, yeah, take the guy who is, like, the least being suspected mm-hmm. in that sense. Because, like, him, like, Tashiro and uh, Onishi were, I mean, really, Tashiro the most was probably, like, the heavily suspected with, yeah. like, that television scene. <clears throat> and then, the, um, well, not the three moles, but he, like, the dad goes and investigates him, his past, right. and he's like, oh, he kind of catches, like, flaws in his alibi, essentially. Right. And then he's, like, he's, like lying about them in his the apartment. name and everything. Huh? He's lying about his name and everything. Exactly, yeah. And so then he, like, tells the truth that he's running from Yakuza, like, debt and stuff. And then, like, he's suspected to be the murderer even after that fact. And he's like, oh, yeah, he eats with his left hand. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, like, my first watch through who I kind of was on the fence about. But, like, yeah, but it made it interesting to see the second time, kind of, like, watching the breadcrumbs, you call it, kind of falling through. Um, so, yeah, so for Fujita, uh, Fujita and Unchi, um, I think this was a pretty interesting story as well. I think emotionally... I mean, really, between this and Izuma story, I bought in the most, or was more invested in. Because I think, like, Fujita and Oishi's story is definitely more, I guess, like, the word believable, or, like, I buy into it more, for sure. But, because it's, I think it's the less dramatized, in, like, a contrived sense, like we like we were mentioning. Yeah, I, I feel like it's the most natural yeah. I don't know that I, if that's the right word, but mm-hmm. it it feels most uh, fluid yeah. in the way that it it tells the story, mm. and yeah, there are a lot of moments where it just feels like um, a drama, like a you know, like like two people going through stuff. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but as, as I feel like it was the weakest story in terms of um, as like a part of the mystery. Uh, well, like I didn't feel like I all like I never thought that that uh, Onishi was going to be the killer. Like I never thought that. Like there, even like even like there are little moments where like he's like cutting his hair and making him look kind of scary. I was like, right, nah, right. <laughs> it's not this guy. Just, this is just thrown in there to throw me off. But I know the yeah. truth. Oh man, yeah. It it really like. I will say, like, watching it this time, too, it, it's the most try-hard to be, like, this might be the suspect. <laughs> and, like, like forcing in those shots and then, right. like, the police call and then, like, throwing out everything, you know? Yeah. Because, like, like, especially the second time, it's it's clear it's just, like, Fujita having this, like, stressful breakdown, in mm-hmm. a sense. You know what I mean? Just kind of, like, falling apart. And he, he's already kind of suspicious just because of the fact that, like, his friends are, like, talking about, like, their houses the being stolen. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and stuff like that. So, but Onshi's just a good guy, man. He's just such a like a sweet, gentle guy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, but like the the like his story too is kind of like weird, you know. Like at the end, like he just dies of a heart attack. He just leaves. <laughs> like, what? It's so Japanese, what? you know. Like the way, like yeah, we we'll just kill him through a heart disease. Like it's what. It's, <laughs> 
it's so it's such a like a japanese like just story came cliche. out of left field you know exactly like here's a plot twist for just plot twist reasons mm-hmm. and then like the girl turns out to be the sister and uh, it's just it's just like <laughs> yeah that thing <laughs> like it has such a good start and then by the end of it it's like it's just a classic like japanese tragedy to me that I, I would rather have had her be his lover right like an ex-wife or something yeah it would have yeah. been more interesting that way you know <laughs> but the, yeah it, it was like oh we grew up in a facility like they like they threw in like random backstory yeah that did, like they didn't have to, like just make him the actual like, make her the real sister like why did they have to be a fake <laughs> like you know you're throwing in like complex background uh-huh. for no for like one scene for it, it doesn't even help. It, it's yeah. not even like uplifting what you're trying to sell me on. It's like, um, have you have you seen the anime like The Promised Neverland yet? No, I haven't. Oh, you gotta watch it. But I, I I've heard of it. It's the thing where like the kids are in the in yeah, the prison like the or orphanage. Whatever. Yeah, the orphanage. Mm. But it's not. It's like run by devils or whatever. <laughs> they call them like demons. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually really good. You gotta give that one a shot. Um. Yeah, I mean, I particularly liked it, like the story. I like Onchi's kind of story. I like just like the subtlety of kind of like learning with you know who he is and like why he is, and then him taking a liking to the mom. Yeah, sort of like that kind of through line. Yeah, I like the subtle moments of it. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Like a lot of a lot of the subtle moments in this film, I really enjoyed, especially uh, especially with how they they edited it. Like, there's a lot of good edits that I really enjoyed in this film um, that really kind of speaks to the genre and speaks to the film, like, medium. And right, it, right. You, the the film utilizes it pretty well, I, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, especially in expressing somebody's thought or, like, when, when you're thinking, when somebody's thinking about something. Right. They would cut to, let's say, for example, like Fujita, when he's talking with his friends and he's saying like, oh, I got, I got to go soon. And right. then the friends are like, are you going to like meet somebody? And like, uh-huh. he's like, no, I'm not going to meet anybody. But then yeah. there's a cut to the mother. Right. And I, uh, like, that's such a good way of showing his thought through image, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of moments like that where 100%. the editor cuts in a way that it's like the thought of somebody but then he shows it through the image so that it actually works, you know, to support whatever the person's thinking. Right. It's like it's like it's it's like foreshadowing, but not foreshadowing in a plot sense, but foreshadowing in like the next scene or like the like what you're gonna be watching like next kind of way, you know, like yeah, a he does that a lot too, yeah. Like where mm-hmm. where you would hear like this the voice of oh, yeah. a certain character before you actually go into that scene. Right. And like those things like you know, one story and another story kind of mesh together in that way, or like right. interlock, uh-huh. and then and then that's how he creates the fluidity through yeah. the editing, and the stuff like that is really well done. I feel like in this film, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I agree. I, I think like that's one of the main things that I noticed, like a lot more in my second run through. I think it worked fluid my first run through. Like I said, I was more kind of being enveloped by the story. And then seeing it from like a technical standpoint, it it really was like it the way it, it's editing is super unique. And I agree with you. It, it is like like uh, Sangye Lee is really using 
like the power of like film and medium like he's not trying to make the movie naturalistic he's really yeah. like like this is a movie and kind of like owning up to the format of it but yeah he does has like these pretty pretty fancy transitions doing that or like there's like a car beeping and one character react to it and then it, it'll cut to like you know where you're going in that sense mm-hmm. so moving on to the third one the last one for izumi and tatsuya so this is a story in Okinawa. Whoop whoop. Uh, for me personally, this is this was a real close story, especially like when I first watched this through. This was the kind of the era where I was doing like, like just my own research and a lot of, like when I was in school, um, for a lot of the history classes, I focused a lot of my papers and subjects based off like Okinawa's history, mm-hmm. um, more like recent history, especially with like the U.S. occupation and kind of like the sort of like what's going on with the troops and the bases and occupancy and uh this like just dynamic between the west and like japan and how you know the natives and you know they don't basically most of them aren't unagreeable with the occupation etc etc like that old story and so this movie like really just directly speaks to that um kind of plays like like direct homage to the situation with uh the protests and the u.s troops and speaks directly to like you know u.s troops um like the rape raping incidents and sexual violence um all those things that have like actually happened in our are real things and this movie like really just kind of puts you in your face as like a commentary on it while also interview you know, interweaving it into sort of its story so like in a personal sense i was like oh man like this kind of hits home <laughs> for me in a sense um and in my second time kind of like watching it in the movie um like it's a good story but i think it's like probably has the most motivational flaws out of all three a lot of things that happen or like the character's motives and what they want to do next is never clear and sort of doesn't make sense like i mean like the get-go izumi visiting the island is like okay fine but then she like goes back to like befriend tanaka it's like but why like what do you find in him to be a friend right <laughs> yeah i i think the most frustrating thing for this story was the relationship between um izumi and tetsuya or is that tetsuya tatsuya tatsuya okay yeah just why like, is that i i just feel like the guy the tatsuya's like initial way of approaching um izumi is like very uh. weird like the way that like <laughs> He he like takes her to the island with the boat, mm. but he like stays alone on the right. boat <laughs> while like she wanders off. And yeah. then there's the other moment when like he wants to ask her to go watch a movie. He's like very like shy about it. Mm. And like he's not able to bring it up. And then she's like, Oh, are you gonna go alone? <laughs> like a lot of the <laughs> little she, moments. She takes charge and is like, You can ask right. me or not. I, I think it's more of just like my my own frustration with the character. He's just a very frustrating character all around. <laughs> I feel like. He's the weakling. He's like yeah. he's like Shinji in Evangelion. He's like get in the robot, you wimp. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, I, I, you know, that's that's just more of a preference thing. I think just like an opinion about the character. I just don't really like the character yeah. because he's just so like wishy washy on everything. Right, right. But besides that, I think the more we get to know about Tanaka and like what kind sure. of character he is, I just think he his motivation is the most like weird for me. 
Like yes. where he gets his motivation for anything, yeah. really. They have like they Why put is it like these nice weird to like these people and like you know yeah. some, a lot of these little things, and you're starting to wonder about the motivations of the character, but it's never really revealed to you. And I mm. just feel like the way that they're trying to cover that is just like oh, it's because he's a killer. It's because he's a psycho. <laughs> So he right. just does some weird stuff, you know? Right. And I feel like that's not a really compelling way of developing the character. Yeah. In my it's, opinion. It's just, it's just like brushing it under the table, like under the kind rug of. kind of situation. Yeah, just like covering it all with a blanket of like, oh, he's a psychotic killer, so this right. is what he does. It's just like funny because like if you look at it again, like if you if you go back and you're like, if you're like comparing like hit, like him as Tanaka, right, versus what the um like the guy who who gives the testimony like yeah. and like okay so like that scene in the testimony right he's he knows uh yamagami when he worked with him originally and he basically knows like his quote-unquote motive why he right. killed the family and so like his experience and kind of thought process like during it and such and so forth but that is completely like opposite to what we see like him. tanaka right Right, his person, like how he acts, right? Exactly. During, during the Tanaka moments, yeah. Because like he talks about like the testimony. The guy talks about how he like he doesn't like being looked down upon, right? Sure. Yeah. But like that's like completely opposite of like what happens during when he's like the adventure wanderer dude who's right. just like you know walking around and like he was on the island and stuff like right. It's like, yeah, like you could pull two different motivations as to why he's a murderer from those two characters. Like, yeah, I, okay, like in like in his testimony when he was young, you know, Agami, he's like, okay, he he has this weird thing where he, if he gets like looked down upon or see as less than, he just pops off and like whatever, like yeah, kind of loses himself, you know. But then he was saying like when he even committed the murders, he like felt in spite of himself right afterward, you know. He right. said he brought the wife to the tub and was like, yeah, trying to resurrect her. Like, basically a feeling of, like, instant regret. Right. And that's how, you know, he's not even, like, a serial killer. Like, it was a one-time thing, and, like, mm-hmm. nobody caught him as well. But then you see him as Tanaka in the future, and he embodies the characteristics of a serial killer, of someone who's, like, a psycho, and yeah. does it. Like, he puts on a, a mask to be this backpacker, and then when the truth is revealed, he's, like, this complete psychotic. Like, oh, I watched I watched Izumi, like, get raped for fun, or, like, oh, I was, right. like, enjoying it. And then, like, oh, like... He's like, you don't understand. And he's like, I got to calm down and flip myself upside down for like, yeah, it's, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's just everywhere. Different. Yeah. Like kind of person. Right. And right. You're just kind of wondering, like, where's the connection here? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. it just doesn't, it, it really just doesn't add up in that yeah. sense, you know? And then like, he's never put in like, okay, his motivation was he doesn't like being looked upon, down upon, but he's never put in that situation he's, in the yeah, he's present. never like, put down yeah either yeah like Izumi he's, likes him and like um what's it tatsuya all feels like he's lesser than him too you know what i mean in, right especially right. in the moment like in the bar when they're like drinking and stuff like he, he kind of feels jealous of tanaka mm. because izumi is talking with uh tanaka right. more than him so like right. there's that kind of dynamic there and it's not even like a looking down upon right yeah. Right. So it's very weird. It's like, the opposite. The, where the motivations <laughs> are coming from. Yeah. Yeah, you're always like questioning the identity of like the killer. And then coincidentally, like Tanaka is the killer. And really like the only way you know is 
because it's like through the you. blood because <laughs> like oh he wrote he wrote ikari on the wall so yeah, literally <laughs> and then and it he doesn't even know like tatsu doesn't even know he's the killer yeah like, he, he he never knew the news from the start he, he just yeah no he, he was just upset at him because obviously he had bad intentions to like the incident with izumi and then just, right and he just, just happens to out. be also the yeah <laughs> and then and then as you know it he's actually a straight up murderer yeah oh man yeah I th- it would have been more interesting like in that story i i'm more bought into i guess just the dilemma between tatsuya and izumi and sort of like mm. after the incident the the aftermath of it and the reactions of like okay Tatsuya feels powerless and isn't able to do like isn't able to do anything and recognizes that within himself and is sort of expressing this grief and helplessness and confides in Tanaka um as like a close friend doing it and then like Tanaka kind of flips the table and reveals that he also witnessed it and couldn't do anything about it etc but I guess my problem is that Izumi is never a character after that. Like, yeah, she's completely after, after, gone. Yeah, after the incident, she's basically just like in B-roll shots, and then, yeah, nothing changes after that. It's just weak. Like it, it, the theme of like the movie is there's not enough of anything to like really. But then there's it. a like, lot of a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> like it's yeah. long. The film's long. Yeah, but you yeah. don't know where the substance is. Sometimes you know, like okay, like okay, we could talk about, like talking about the movie and its con constructiveness as a whole like all of the plots are just i i praise the movie in a in a couple of aspects like and one of those aspects is like it works as a great like this big orchestra to support its theme and like being like rage or anger and like sort of a failure and having or like doubting one somebody else or like distrust this theme of distrust or like um or even a theme of like trauma like all these things if you see it as like this big orchestra is to support sort of like as a thematic film, it's great. But you pick it, uh, you pick it apart and sort of like see it as just like in a basic story sense for each one, it, it falls apart in, in that sense. Like it's really just there to, to like motive to like just follow its plot of like, hey, there's this murder. There's these three different people that are suspects, and each one of them thinks that that the person that they know are friends with or love. Is that per is that murderer? Um, they distrust him and then like trauma ensues, basically. Like that's kind of like that's like really to me the story in itself. But if the problem is like the movie tries to give you so much of like there's so much potential of exposition, there's so much like like weird quirkiness of characters, there's so much of like stuff that's filled and never explained that it leaves you like me wanting more, but you're never gonna yeah. get it. Yeah, there are just moments where I feel like they should have added more, and there are moments where I feel like they should have just like Cut avoided. It. <laughs> yeah, right. And right. like they just chose the wrong spots for the for each. <laughs> right. Sometimes. Right. Yeah, I mean that leaves the feeling of like over dramatization. Like yeah, because you yeah. do that, you just the end result is just it's just dramatization for dramatization's sake, pretty much. I think that point is especially prevalent like near the end like the Mm. last like 40 minutes of the film is very much like that where it's like it just feels like oh it's a drama oh no like look at what's (laughs) happening like right right it's just like signaling to you drama (laughs) drama, (laughs) you know 
<laughs> yeah, because like literally every character you're seeing is like having an outburst of some they're kind. They're either like screaming or crying or like they're just in shock. And yeah. you're just looking at that for like a good 30 minutes for each character. <laughs> it's great. It's phenomenal. And then you're, never, you're like the story is not really progressing there. It's just it's just you're right. seeing these characters in shock or you're seeing these characters yeah. crying or or you're seeing and like it's like the last scene too. I'm kind of like kind of annoyed at the last and like the ending where like, like she's just like shot, screaming yeah, she's in the like, ocean yeah screaming in the ocean i'm like what you are not there for like the past 40 minutes and just at the end you just hear screaming i'm like what's going on here like you never understand the internal struggle like they never show the internal struggle of like what she's going through Right. Except for that really short moment with Tetsuya and, and Izumi at the shore and like she's like throwing sand at him. It's like after directly that, after like the incident happened. Like I said, like with the editing, it like juxtaposes those two things, like mm. it happening and then sort of like her outbursting after that. But yeah, after that scene, it's like, Who are you? What are you? <laughs> where, you yeah, where are we you? forgot about you. <laughs> like like you said, like after the rape moment, like I feel like that was the most compelling thing to explore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what? What? Like, what is her mental state? Like, how is she gonna like overcome this? Like, mm-hmm. those are things that you get like curious about after yeah. that scene. But then they just completely like throw that out the window and like yeah. they're focusing on this mystery stuff. And like by that time, you're like you're like going to like the the little scene with <laughs> with uh, what's his name with Na- uh, Naoto Inishi and his sister yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. And you're just like, I don't need this right now. <laughs> like, we're getting away from the important stuff. What's going on? Uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's a few of it takes a turn. Um, I like how, like, though, it's like, it, like, the way that, like, the film is constructed, like, it, it kind of, like, there are different, like, obviously, okay, there's three different stories, right? And they're all in parallel with one each other and i did like how that aspect of it like how the the movie kind of works its way like as a story and into the ending so we're like each like all three stories kind of hit the same beat at the same time and that's the way it's like edited like for example all right when the um like when the mom dies right for when a fujita's mom dies like at that same scene is when it's like when Izumi gets raped. And so it's like these two like overly like these like sort of climaxes scenes that happen right, at big, the same big time. Big trauma moments that happen at the same time. Um it's kind of funny, like even my first watch through, I didn't like notice like that pattern of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I felt like one maybe it's because like really Izumi's story had like the most emotional impact on me. And it just mm-hmm. kinda like overdrowned the other stories in yeah. a way for, for like for like that moment. But, like, that happens with also, like, okay, when Yohei, uh, when the dad, like, goes off and looks into Toshiro's past, um, when they, like, finally move in together and he's like, is he really who he says he is? That's, like, the same scene when Fujita catches Onshi talking with, like, some girl who turns out to be the sister. So, like, mm-hmm. that's, like, the scene of, like, okay, now, like, the moment Suspicion. of doubt for, like, everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I think it's interesting how it interweaves it in that sense where it's, like, hitting these beats for everybody and it kind of goes through. Yeah, like I said, like I really enjoyed the editing of this movie. Every like beat, every moment that it's edited, it, it's it was so like fluid in that sense mm. that I really enjoyed it. 
but I feel like the connections within each story to the murder and how that everything is really connected, like the stories itself were weak. So mm. like, I feel like that was a detriment, but then the editing really did a good job of like putting all those together, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I think it's like a matter of perspective, Like you just have to kind of see it as its own construction mm. for like this, for like the whole, like, Oh, they doubt each other for the murder. But if you break it apart into individual pieces, that's where it kind of starts to fall apart. Right. So to continue kicking the dead horse, like the detectives, like I, that's probably like the most weakest link of the film, like throwing them in the movie. I can understand if it was like, if they committed to two detectives actively investigating, you know? Yeah. And that would, that would have helped the mystery genre of this film. I'll come out and say it. This is my movie in the rest of the day. This movie doesn't... If you want to argue with me that it's not a mystery, it's not. It's definitely a drama with a little bit of a mystery background. It's kind of like aid in dramatization. But for the for the detectives, it's less about them and more about just like, hey, like we put it on the news and like a, like a floating like reminder like oh yeah this this is this person is out there you know this danger you know it could be kind of anyone you know but yeah i yeah i mean i don't think that it's not a mystery it's definitely a mystery mm. but i feel like the detectives weren't very valuable as a um I don't know. I don't. I feel like they they almost weren't needed in the story, you know. Right. Yeah. Like, I feel like they could it could have been almost told it, without even having the, the detective in the story. Exactly. Um, like if you just had news broadcasts, that'd been fine. Like that. Yeah. Been, right. But I I do still think it's a mystery though, um, just because of the fact that you know you're never sure who it is until the mm. end, and then the reveal is at the end, so it is a mystery. But yeah, like it's not like the it's not like a detective mystery i guess um kind of kind of similar to jsa i mean like i mean obviously there was a detective in jsa but like by the almost 30 minute mark it's not as much of a detective trying to like figure out the story as much as it is just a telling of what happened right the events right right so it's kind of like that here too except it's to an even lesser degree here (laughs) right 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 Um, it's kind of like trying to tell you like just like the the lives of these people with the hanging fruit of they could be a murderer, by the way. Right, right, right. I think that right. was the point of the detectives here. Yeah. Um, but like, it's like, eh, did you really need them? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> like, uh... Yeah. And then like the whole like suspect guy was just like, really left field for me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I totally forgot about it. Like when I watched it, I was like, oh, I totally forgot that happens. Yeah, he was kind of shoehorned in to be like the climactic. This is the kind of dude he was, right? Which added killer. nothing, in my opinion. Like, I don't yeah. even think like having that entire explanation added any sort of value. Yeah, I think it was a way to kind of make it seem like it was um, Tashiro, because like they were like talk as he was talking about it, like you kind of mm. see the side of his face. And you see the three um, marks on his face, right, right, and stuff like that. So I think it was more of a way to kind of like divert the attention somewhere else mm. and make it seem like that to make the 
twist have more impact. Sure. But yeah, overall, I don't think it, it did a really good job of like adding to what the story you, is supposed to be. Right. Like any sense of value. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think like too, like it added like motivation and like the movie kind of like wavers. It's like wishy-washy sometimes. Yeah. Like we like like we already just discussed with um with Tanaka, like his motivation for being a murderer is wishy-washy. Like that definitely added to it, as you said as well. Um but also like the dad. So like in Aiko's story, uh Yohai's like I found I is that scene with um ah, just like brain farted. Tashido goes they're gonna go on like their date or whatever, right? And he goes over to the house and they're talking while Aiko's Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, while she's blowing blowing her hair, yeah, yeah, drying her hair. He's yeah, like, "Oh my god, she just started." Yeah, and Tashido reveals like, "Like I know what your daughter did. Like I know why she was in Tokyo." And then the dad starts to like envelop like himself, and he's like mentions like, "Oh yeah, I'm, like a powerless father. Like I couldn't do anything for her. I'm like such a train wreck. Like I'm a I'm a failure as a dad." And then beelines to be like but she is kind of like a troublesome daughter like maybe it'd be better to outcast her and like i'm i'm moving like i'm listening to his dialogue and i'm like so what side are you on like do you love her or hate her here like what is your like thought process and treatment to your daughter and then Toshida's like like oh i understand and then as he's like bashing on his daughter he's like i don't like you bro (laughs) like he's clearly and that's what he mentions He's like, well, you know, I can, I can open up to your daughter, and I have this, you know, connection with her, right? But yeah, just like that scene, I was like, what, like, what is your take on your daughter? Like, did you, do you love her? Do you hate her? Like, you just saved her. You just talked, like, okay, you're upset with yourself, but then you're yeah, like, exactly. eh, like, maybe it's better than like, banish of her. The father is weak. Huh? Like, like the motivation of the father is weak. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know where he stands, you know, for anything. <laughs> Like, he's basically like that the whole film, though. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he's just, like, so wishy-washy the whole film. He's like, okay, uh, yeah, go sure. on your date. And then he's like, oh, wait, maybe he's not a good guy. And then he's like, he's like, hey, why is he always hanging out with you? And then he's like, okay, <laughs> you can, you guys can live together. It's like, <laughs> right, going like, back and forth and back and forth. Like, I get it. Like, she's a woman. Like, she's grown. She could do what she wants kind of thing. But then, mm. yeah, he's like looks they move in together and he's looking into his past and he f- finds some holes in his alibi and then like the truth comes out about him being like whatever owing money to the accuser or whatever yeah and then he's like oh, okay well if you trust him then i'll take your word for it and then he there's a suspicion of like him being the murderer and then yeah he like expresses it to somebody else so it's like immediately like he's like i don't trust him oh if you trust him i guess it's okay then i don't trust him again and then the aunt puts him at ease and he's like, oh, I guess it's fine. And then the daughter comes in and it's like, I called the cops on him. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what? Another thing yeah. that for me, like, was kind of weird was the portrayal of the killer. Like, and the sketches and stuff. Like, there were, like, f- uh-huh. like four different sketches of the dude and it all looked different. Yeah, it was <laughs> vaguely the same, but they were, like, completely. Like, their style was really different. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. It was, it was very confusing for me. Like, if you were to, like, 
I don't know. Like usually you only have like one picture of a dude and who you think right, they are. Right. You wouldn't have like five different ones and be like, this is all the same guy, right? <laughs> like it's, it's very hard like to follow that for me, especially in the beginning because I was confused like, are you mm. saying like there's more than one killer or like like <laughs> is it or like does this guy have like plastic surgery every single time like he you know like I was confused right. in the beginning. They just did it to cater to all three of the guys. Like each one looked right? like one another. Yeah, they just did it so you so you like have a suspicion of everybody. Like it's so confusing because it's like at one at one point they're like, "Oh, this guy has like three marks on his face. The killer has three marks on his face." Yeah. And then another point he's like, "Oh, this guy's left-handed." And like it's like constantly changing the <laughs> the character of the killer. And you're right. just wondering, "Okay, so are you just like trolling me right now? <laughs> like what are you trying to do? <laughs> are you do you actually want to find the killer or like are you just <laughs> Nah, they don't, they don't want to do anything. <laughs> They didn't even find him. They some other exactly. kid found him. It wasn't even them. He, he, they just got lucky. <laughs> they just got lucky. They would, never would have found that guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely a troll. Like a hundred percent, they were just like trolling you. Yeah, it's just like the the detectives just felt very incompetent. You know. Yeah, they're like it could be any one of these guys. He could be he could be a glasses with hat, or he could be a transgender. Like yeah, you know, like, if you have if you have an idea, like come margin, to us. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then one like completely looks like Kenichi Matsuyama like 100% yeah. <laughs> like, exactly <laughs> so, okay. so it has to be that guy right like uh, yeah. what's funny like I look at the sketches and none of them like to me none of them look like uh, Tanaka like no maybe, none of them do cause Tanaka's like mad skinny in every sense and all those pictures and profiles are like kinda chubby like, like yeah. you know, there's a little bit of roundness in the face. It was, like, yeah, it's just like... If anything, every every one of the sketches, if anything, looked closest to Tetsuya. 100%. Yeah. But then it didn't look like anything like Onishi or, or Tanaka at all. For well, me. like the... Well, they like I said, they changed it so many times. But the first one, or like the first two, looked like Onishi. When he, a little oh, bit, a little bit. Or, oh, before he had the change. Because they had a picture of him beforehand, and then they had like a sketch of him after the fact. Oh yeah, yeah you remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the one yeah, the where he didn't change yeah, looked yeah, like Onshi. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, any other favorable aspects besides editing? Oh, the music was good. Shout out to Zach. Yeah. yeah, you can find it on Spotify. By the way, definitely go <laughs> listen to that whole. Yeah, definitely the score was good. I think it really added to a lot of the scenes, a lot of the moments. Yeah, I love the score to listen to it um yeah i mean i agree performances too honestly like if you just look at the performances phenomenal job like they really yeah. hit it home and i mean just the casting like crazy awesome casting choices um like okay only now to onishi i don't know who he's played by uh yuma fuji is played by satoshi uh or sumibaki satoshi really great guy um Yohai Maki, played by Ken Watanabe. Uh, even Americans should know who he is. Come on. Have you seen Godzilla, guys? He died. Like, no, you have to watch Last Samurai. <laughs> I I have to watch Last Samurai. You didn't watch Last Samurai? I haven't watched. I what haven't. the? Come on, bro. Oh, oh Tommy. Oh, Tommy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Ken Watanabe is great. Yeah. Uh, Kenshi Matsuyama, really great. Uh, Aoki Maki, played by Miyazaki Aoi. 
which is like well she's like super popular she's awesome i feel like the weakest link for for the acting was uh tatsuya <laughs> really oh yeah because he didn't get any like yeah he didn't get to do much no tatsuya tatsuya the, the young, oh the young kid the young kid. yeah and i feel like he was the weakest link of all yeah, the, he, all the actors he's definitely not an a-list i don't know who he is but he looked kind of okinawan though like i feel like they stayed true to the yeah no no i mean like uh, character wise but uh, i just feel like acting wise it was the weakest we could have found somebody more experienced is that what you're saying <laughs> maybe i don't know maybe you should have done it <laughs> yeah no i would not <laughs> I would have not supported that at all. <laughs> uh, and then Izumi, played by Hirose Suzu, it's one of my my brides. She's like, um, it feels like she just came out of uh, the other movie that we watched. Which one? Um, what was it? The sister movie. Because she, she did. She's the youngest. No, no, no. It's just it feels like she uh, literally just came out of that. Oh, movie just like and came into this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you be know, like, that character but like bad stuff happens if, if yeah like, it feels like the you know the mother you know how the mother like is gone right. <laughs> and then she oh, goes yeah, to yeah. the sisters it's like right after she goes to the sisters and then she just leaves the sisters and she goes <laughs> to the island she's like i'm grown now so gonna go leave again yeah yeah she's a little i mean she's more outgoing here she's definitely more reserved character in little sisters yeah, but you know she you know warms up after she meets the sister, yeah. so you never know. <laughs> think she's probably one of those actors that like really doesn't change from movie to movie. Like she's kind of herself everywhere, you know. Like there's she has like a really strong essence. That you're like, oh yeah, like that's definitely like Hiro says reading all over that. Um, yeah, strong cast. Uh, any final thoughts? Any encompassing details? Um, I I mean I think overall I did enjoy the movie watching it. Mm. It's just there's a lot to nitpick. I feel like for this one. Sure. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But I did enjoy I think the movie. If you look at it like the problem is like for us is that we look at things a little deeper, and also as filmmakers we have a bit of a more understanding of just construction and and story and things like that. I think like averagely, if you take those away, it's a it's a great experience as a movie to me anyway mm. you're like no <laughs> I see how face no no i enjoyed watching it it's just the more yeah. i watch it i feel like the more holes yeah, don't I go see, rather than I was, like i was gonna like, say that the more i enjoy it you know <laughs> yeah like like we don't... talked about before like it's it's something that i feel like i would just have more to nitpick about every single time i watch it rather than like more things that i see and i'm like okay that was really well done. Obviously, like I, ha- I have certain things that I would see, but I feel like there would be more cons than pros. Right, right. Unfortunately, unfortunately. But overall, as a viewer, I think it was a pretty good movie. It's just you know, like if I keep nitpicking it, I feel like it'll crumble. <laughs> right, right. It'll it'll cut down quick. But I, I like overall, like the structure of the movie, the way that they interweave the three stories. Like, the premise of the movie, I feel like those are all great. It's just, I think, like, some parts of the execution just felt a little short for me. Sure. You know? It's a lot to bear. Like, if you look at it, like, objectively, it is a, it's just a lot. 
mean, yeah, I mean, the, like this kind of storytelling really isn't easy, you know, because you really yeah. have to uh, consider and you know make sure that all three stories stand, you know, mm. on its own well for right. you to like cut it together cohesively. And I feel mm. like the stories were a little weaker than I would have liked, right? And then that's sure. why, like, as a whole, I think it, it's pretty good. But like standalone, like when you really like look into it, like a lot of these little parts kind of like don't fit together that well. Like right. like the motivations and like the causation and like the killer and like like what the testimony says about the killer and what the killer is actually like and all of these little things right. that if you like actually like take five more <laughs> seconds to think about it, you're like, huh, maybe huh. that's not the most uh you know coherent <laughs> thing that's yeah you know happening. More of the story, just watch it once. <laughs> but yeah, like the- thematically and like you know kind of uh atmosphere and stuff like that are all very good in this movie i really enjoyed it yeah um i 100 percent agree i would have loved to see what he does what he did more and he just hasn't like been in the spotlight as a director there's a film he did um called unforgiven it's actually so. a re- uh, it's a remake of um the clinton Eastwood movie from mm. 1992 like a like a uh, cowboy movie actually uh so i actually think that would be interesting to watch i kind of want to watch it but gotta give that a try yeah getting good bad and the ugly vibes maybe <laughs> but it's like set in japan so it'll be kind of yeah, cool yeah. to see how that works it shifts in yeah cowboys in japan what Probably like a samurai, right? <laughs> yeah, cowboys. It's just like a, a, samurai. a ronin is basically like a cow, like a Asian cowboy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here we are into the last week next week, and we'll be finishing up with uh, after my death, released in twenty seventeen. Director is Kim Isuk, and it is available on Amazon Prime Video. Uh, if you're subscribed other than that do what you gotta do <laughs> no judgment here uh i haven't seen this one this is completely new to me you haven't seen this one either nope nope hopefully it's a, a true true mystery uh but yeah hopefully it we'll closes out really well we'll see you next week thanks for listening peace bye